Welcome to this episode of We the Voters. As always, we work to lift up the issues and concerns that matter most to all voters. If you would like for us to discuss an issue that is near and dear to your heart, please visit us at our website at pointcast.news and let us know in the comments section how you feel. On today's episode, we're talking with Alexis Harris about how working from home helped her create the work-life balance that she and her family needs and why she would not seek a job that takes her outside of her home. So first of all, Alexis, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Good, good. Now, have you always worked from home? No. Um, So I've been with the company I'm with for three years. Okay. Uh, we just went home to work uh, March of 2020. Okay. Pandemic hit, and okay. we're continuing to work from home. Okay. And and so, is there anything that's special about your routine that you think requires that you should work from home outside of the pandemic? Because, as you know, people are starting to go back to the office. Well, yeah. Since the pandemic started, you know, it shut down daycares. It has shut down school for a while. So um, even now, uh, it's summer break now, but um, even once school reopened, they had days where they would make them e-learn. So they would still have to come at home and be at home for a week before spring break e-learning. And so like, I wouldn't be able to find care for that. And a lot of the daycares, they still don't help with e-learning. Mm-hmm, so they don't mm-hmm. take school age kids during school during the school year okay. so I need to be at home I need to be able to help him and be hands-on um, and because I'm a single parent you know I have to do it by myself so it's better to be working from home because at least in between calls and when I have downtime I can assist him and make sure that you know he's doing his work and doing what he has to do so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now that's not going to really change for you too much is it the school year or is he going back to the classroom well, he's going back to the classroom. He returned to the classroom already uh, prior to school ending. Um, but they still have times where they have their time and they send them home with their tablets and um, iPads to still, you know, e-learn, even though school is back in. So um, that was a big issue. And because daycares were closed and there was no school, you know, there was no before and after care. So he started to get the bus. He's only going to second grade come the fall so mm. he's a bus student I have to be here to see him off the bus see him get on the bus so you know things like that I wouldn't change even when he goes back to school I'll still need to be here mm-hmm. um, of course when you work your work hours never coincide with school hours it just doesn't mm-hmm. right right so you see working from home as more of a necessity for you and your family moving forward. So has your job requested or required you all to return to the office or are they gonna allow you to continue to work from home? Well, initially when the pandemic first started, we were um, hitting around to some ideas of how we would transition back into work. Um, And they never expected us to come back to the office full time. Um, They were gonna always keep us with our equipment and we were gonna be just working maybe um, two to three days at home and then coming into the office the other two days or three days out the week. But as time went on, um, we've just went strictly to e-learning. Okay. And they trying to transition us back to the office. They actually had us come and pick up uh, the remaining of our things from office. 
And I think part of that has to do with the remodeling. We were actually getting smaller workspaces prior to the pandemic. And now, you know, with the COVID restrictions and people need to be six foot apart, it would take so much money for them to actually go back and redo all the construction that they already had in place for like three years prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you this. Um, if your job required you to come back into the office as a requirement to keep your job, would you do it? Um, right now with them being, with it, it's so many jobs out here that's offering the capability to work from home. I would weigh my options and try to stick with the job where I can work from home, even if it required me to you know, take a pay cut just because with the work-life balance, like, I kind of need to work from home um, mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't see why it would be like a, a major issue because, you know, they're still getting the benefit of the employee and the work. And then I still get to accommodate the needs that I have at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, according to Bloomberg, in a May survey of 1,000 U.S. adults, 39% would consider quitting if their employers weren't flexible about remote work, so you fit right in with them. But this is highest among millennials and Gen Z that figure, and, and well, I'm sorry, the number among millennials and Gen Z, Gen Z is actually higher at 49%. Now, this study not only cites costs, but lifestyle, but I want to ask you about the costs, benefit of working from home. Have you been able to save any more money than you would have been able to save if you were going into the office? Yes, like gas. I mean, I don't even drive. I mean, I work really from home, so I don't have to go anywhere. But a few days a week when I have to go shopping, so I saved on gas. I actually get a discount on my um, auto insurance because I don't commute to work anymore like I used to, so my insurance rates went down. Um, I'm saving on food, you know, that's the cost of food every day at work, especially if you forget your lunch. And then the best part is uh, we had a parking garage uh, downtown, but we were always so overflowed that we would have to park on the street. That street parking can get pricey for eight hours, so I'm saving a lot more money actually working from home. Um, and then not to mention the clothes, like you don't have to buy as many, right. you know, professional clothing to go to work yet because we don't um, be face to face with the members. You know, you really don't. You can wear some leggings or some sweats and you still can get the job done. So it takes you out of that professional element to where you have to go shopping and make sure you have plenty of clothes right. uh, that's for work. So I don't have a work wardrobe and, uh, you know, a regular wardrobe anymore. What about collaborating and networking with coworkers? Do you miss um, interacting with your coworkers? And do you think there's any value to that? Um, I do miss my coworkers. Uh, it does give you a level of morale. Now we do operate on MS uh, Teams and Skype, so we do still we're still able to communicate. Um, we're still able to video chat if we need to. We do still have huddles, you know, each other know what's going on or any other work mm-hmm. or training. So, I mean, they're trying to make it as close as possible as what it was in the office. Um, but, you know, I mean, a lot of the ones that I grew really close to, I have that connection with them outside of work. So we'll, we can still communicate um, and visit. But, you know, overall, 
we still have connection like with the management and the coworkers. So, I mean, they're still there. They're just a, a type of way. So if I have a personal question, I'm feel more comfortable with asking, you know, a particular person, I can just message them. And if they're available, they could just respond back or, you know, tell me to, hey, give me a call. I can, you know, help you with that issue. So, I mean, you still have that connection as far as needing the help from work. Mm-hmm. But as far as the friends, the, the good morale, the ones that keep you pushing through the day, sometimes you do kind of miss that working from home. Do you think that it hinders you from promotions or from raises by working sh- strictly from home or... Do you think that you're still able to get promotions and raises because you're not really present and your bosses can't see you the same way? Um, do you feel like that's going to be an issue for you moving forward? Well, no, um, mainly because hey, I've been there for a little while. So some of my, well, at least my manager and majority of the managers around know me from when we were in the office, but we still have incentive programs. Uh, we still get our quarterly bonuses. Um, so what they do is, you know, after the calls, they give customer surveys. So they still kind of, you know, rank our call quality and, you know, what the member's perspective is for our work and how um, great of service that we gave them. Uh, because it's a call center, they are able to run back our calls, you know, see what we're seeing and see what we're doing um they're actually able to keep track of you know making sure you're on the phone while you're at home and not just you know running around the house right 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 they do have a way of monitoring you um even though we're not in the office so i it hasn't hindered me from getting any promotions Mm -hmm. or you know advancing since and you know we got our annual raises i mean everything still is running accordingly um as it would if I was in the office. And as long as your work is meeting the standards, you'll still hit those promotion targets, you know, mm, when they okay. come up. Okay. Well, it sounds like everything in that lane is going to work out well for you. But I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you about something that I read about in the New York Times. And this was about a college professor that enjoys working from home, but for a totally different reason. This was the quote she gave. Quote, this is the first year that I haven't had my hair commented on and touched without permission in my professional life. She goes on to say, I actually like not having to go into the office and be be constantly reminded that I'm the only black woman there. Have you ever felt or had those sorts of microaggressions at the office? And does working from home kind of free you from even having to think about that? Yeah, it does. Um, I've I had an experience where a manager kind of followed me to the restroom, like, hey, and I'm like, uh, I didn't know I had to, do I have to ask permission? And they were just trying to play it off, like, no, I was just kind of checking on you. And I'm like, checking on people going to the bathroom. So, you know, you do deal with that. I don't see that sense of so much micromanaging that I was experiencing when going in the office. Um, I have a lot of colleagues, you know, a lot of people that look like me. So I didn't have too much problem with people touching in my hair. They do always ask you questions, you know, about your hair. Hey, how did you get it done like that? That's nice. But I don't have that issue of feeling like I'm isolated and I'm the only one. But, you know, I guess depending on your profession, if it's not, you know, somewhere where it is primarily people that look like you, I can understand, you know, you feeling that way. Like I don't quite fit in or, you know, they 
they don't like my hair, you know, what they think is maybe being unprofessional is culture for us. So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about all of that going in because I have had some issues where, you know, you can't do certain things at work. Your hair does so crazy because I had Googled it. And I'm like an unprofessional hairstyle. And when I Googled it, it had things like braids and things like dreadlocks. And I'm like, that's, you know, our culture. And for you guys to look at that and think that, oh, she's unprofessional or that she can't possibly do her job well because her hair looks a certain kind of way, you know, kind of took me aback. So you don't really have to worry about everyone picking at every little thing about you, just trying to find something to make you different. Because in reality, we are all much more alike than we are different. So, you know, it's better that way. People get to judge me on my job and my services and not on my color, you know? And so I do feel a little better working at home because to me, that doesn't feel like such an issue. issue, Even though it wasn't a big issue where I'm at. Well, how was it resolved? The situation you brought up about your hair, um, you, you noticed, you said that you were taken aback, but how was that ultimately resolved when you were pulled, were you pulled aside and told that your hair was unprofessional or? Yeah, well, actually it was another manager on another team had actually came and addressed it to my manager and they felt that it was unprofessional. We ended up having a, a meeting with the HR and um, employee relations just because um, they had uh, cultural people. We do have like a, a, a relations department. So they kind of mediated the situation and kind of explained it to them. Like they wasn't even my manager. It's just that they didn't like it. So they thought that they'll bring it to their attention so they can address me with it. But, you know, at the end of the day, they kind of talked about it and we all had a conference about it. And so it was settled. I did keep my hair uh, the way it was, but you know, always in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, when you go to get a hair, do like, is this going to be something that is brung up or, you know, a cause of concern, you know, and just always think about how they're going to see me when I come there, no matter how professional you are or how well you do your job. Right. A lot of it is foreshadowed because the first thing they see is your, your brown, your skin. So how, how did that make you feel in that moment? You're sitting in a meeting and they're all discussing you. Yeah, I mean, I felt uncomfortable, um, and I, I did feel like it was kind of discrimination because I'm like, you know, it's my hair. It's, I, I just didn't understand why it was looked at as if it was, you know, unprofessional. Like, the reason we do certain things to our hair, you wouldn't understand if you're, you're not us because our hair is just so different from every other race out here that, they don't know the trouble that we have when it's a little too much humidity or, you know, when it gets wet in the rain, like they don't, they don't have the same problems that we have. And so for you to judge me or discriminate against my hairstyle, because you see it as unprofessional, but to me it's protected, you know, mm-hmm. I have my own motive for doing it. So it was kind of, to me though, a good moment to kind of educate mm-hmm. them and let them know a little bit more about it because, you know, Unfortunately, even though you see black people in management, a lot of the managers are, you know, Caucasian. So they don't fully understand. And they may go and Google the same things I Googled and see and be like, yeah, here's the look. But just because it says that doesn't make it true, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like another issue that I had brought up was, you know, I'm like, we don't really be face to face with the members. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't understand, you know, 
why my hair was a very big issue. And I understand the clothing, you know, you're working with corporate people and higher up people. But as far as my hair, I just really didn't understand it. It did make me uncomfortable, but my manager did kind of put me to the side after the meeting and let me know of the understanding and, you know, gave me empathy over the situation and had apologized and really had only addressed the issue because it was addressed to him. And he felt like it had to, he had to reach out. And then he was a male, so he doesn't really know about hair, whether it's white or black, because he's a man. He didn't even have it here. He was actually bald. <laughs> he was bald. So he's like, we're having this whole issue about hair, and I have none. You know, he couldn't even relate. So, but, you know, it, was, it ended well, but it was just that point. Like, everywhere we go, they don't understand that. Whether it's subtle or whether it's someone feeling like you don't know your job, it's always some level of discrimination like we're less than or is it as competent as someone else because you know of, of our, our skin tone or our differences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you sound like you've bounced back from it well um but it has looked taken a toll on you yeah because yeah. you always still think that even though as much as you want to see the good in everybody you still kind of look around with that you know, I wonder if you're the kind of person that's not going to like me or if you're the, you know, you never know because people hide themselves so well that, you know, they'll laugh, they'll joke with you, you know, and everything else. But at the end of the day, you really don't know how they feel right. about you or people of color in general, you know, even as much as, you know, everything happened through the pandemic it just opened our eyes so much more you know you see in comments that people are so comfortable with saying but you like when you dig deep and you look into it these are doctors these are people that are teaching our children you know and to know that this is how you really feel you know kind of makes us feel some kind of way like it's hard to investigate and research everyone before you send your child to school before you do this like if they have any kind of bias or hating their heart or if they're really going to try to you know, do the best to help you and help you know your child or something so right right that the manager who reported you to your manager that that person ever apologized to you in their own way but then i feel like it was kind of apologetic it was kind of like sorry you felt that way kind of a sorry <laughs> like not really sorry for bringing up the whole issue they still felt like they were right, but they was kind of like, well, I'm sorry, you know, my comment or, you know, me um, speaking with your manager made you feel some kind of way. Like it was me more so than it was what she said or what they did, you know. So it really wasn't. But um, soon after that, we went working from home. So I didn't have that issue, but I didn't even understand why. Cause I'm like, you're not even my manager. <laughs> like you're just walking around here looking to see what you don't like about people to go and tell on and find their manager. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's busy to find some, some work to do around here. Right, you know, right, right. My hair. Right, right. So working at home this, this last year has really been like a protective cocoon for you as well as allowing you to have the lifestyle that you want to have with you and your son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, me to be myself. You know, you go to work and it's almost like you have to put on... A, a, a different kind of persona like I don't want them like it's always so many stereotypes you want to want to be looked at as the angry black woman or loud or this so it's like everywhere you go you're kind of let me not say it too loud or you know 
I don't want to bring up this to be an issue because I don't want them to think that I'm just another angry black woman. You know, it's just so much, you know, mm-hmm. that you can actually just really just be yourself and focus on your job, which I feel like I'm great at my job. I'm good at, you know, assisting people. I'm good at helping my members. It's the other people that didn't really pertain to my job description that was actually making my job more stressful than actually the job itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now that you're working at home and your son will be going back to school, you'll be getting a new routine uh, moving forward. Do you have any advice for people who, like yourself, have found that working at home is really the best choice for them? Um, these are folks who probably are in that middle ground trying to decide if they need to go back to work or what have you. What could you tell them to encourage them um, if they're trying to decide like yourself that, hey, no matter what, I'm going to work from home? Right. Well, what I would do is I would I would speak to, you know, higher up in HR. They are at this point trying to listen, you know, at this point where people are not rushing in to fill those positions. They need to keep everyone you know, that they have. So I'm pretty sure if you let them know that this is where I am, this is where my life has uh, went since the pandemic, and this is what I'm doing to accommodate it, that they should be able to either work with it. And then if not, if all else felt, never be scared just to start over, you know, because if anything happens to you, you get sick, fall down dead, I'm pretty sure they're gonna feel that position. So at the end of the day, you always have to do what's going to be best for you and your family. And if going back to the workplace is causing so much anxiety or if it's going to be changing your life too much, I mean, it's always other options out there. Start getting your resume up. Get your resume up. Well, you know what? That's going to have to be the last word on this topic for now. For those of you who want to join in the discussion, reach out to us on our website at pointcast.news. And thank you so much, Alexis, for sharing your story and for your advice. Uh, we'd like no problem. We'd like to also thank our sponsor, Elyak Productions, for their continued support. And to all of our listeners, keep the conversation going. That's it, good people. Have a good one, and be sure to join us next time.